Genesis chapters 12 through 40 are primarily about three guys, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're called the patriarchs, Patri, Father, Arkos, rulers, Daddy rulers. As the Bible story unfolds, these three represent the trunk of the tree. The end of chapter 11 sets up our story. Chapter 12 doubles back and explains what happened. Somehow, God speaks to this Bedouin Abram and says, Go, leave your country, your father's house and your relatives, and go to a land that I will show you. Abraham and Sarah pack up their stuff. This is extraordinary for at least two reasons. First, in those days, nobody moved. I mean, they never left their area. I mean, they would pack a lunch if they went more than a mile from home. There's no yee-haul moving services. We've seen previously, they didn't like to budge. The second reason it's extraordinary is, God didn't tell them where they were going. It reminds you a bit of Noah building that boat in the wilderness for something that had never occurred. They moved from Ur in Mesopotamia, up the Fertile Crescent to the top, and stopped in Haran. It doesn't tell us how long they made a pit stop. It could have been years. The text tells us that Terah, Abraham's father, died there. They then continued their journey down the Fertile Crescent, Abram, Sarai, and nephew Lot, till they came to Canaan. Canaan is present-day Israel along the Mediterranean Sea. You'll remember in our story, Canaan was Ham's son, the Ham that was cursed by Noah, his dad. Before we go on, there's something else the end of chapter 11 tells us. Sarai couldn't have kids. Soon, the text tells us, Abraham was 10 years older than her. He's 75, she's 65. God had previously set the normal lifespan at 120 years, so these folks are just to the right of midlife. In today's years, 45-ish. In other words, even if she could have children, her body clock is ticking, loudly. The beginning of chapter 12, God says something extraordinary to Abram. I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and make you a blessing to others. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. This is one of those ironies in scripture. Abram, middle-aged, with a wife who's barren, is told by God he'll be a great father. Even more ironic is Abram's name. It means exalted father. That could be qualitative or quantitative. Qualitative, he's going to be a great dad. Quantitative, he's going to be dad of great many people. That's like taking your car to a mechanic. He's easily 400 pounds with muscles on his muscles. You strike up a conversation and ask his name. He says, they call me skinny. That's Abram, exalted father, father of many. God said, I'll make you famous. That's been fulfilled. Today, Jews, Muslims, and Christians look back on him with honor. It's that last phrase we want to catch. Through you. All the families of earth will be blessed. All the sinful, trespassing, twisted families of the earth, something blessed coming through you will impact all the sinful, trespassing, twisted kids on earth. What could that be? Only the stomper. God will use Abraham, the middle-aged, childless Bedouin, to bring the stomper. Abraham, the Bedouin, camps in Canaan until a severe famine strikes the land, and then moves to Egypt. 
It's here the story tells us we're not dealing with a perfect guy, believing Pharaoh might hear about and then see Sarai, his wife, and take her into his harem. He lies and says she's his sister. My students will often wonder why Pharaoh would take a 65-year-old woman into his harem. Then I remind them she's middle-aged. And there are some middle-aged ladies on this planet that are quite stunning. God intervenes and protects Sarai from, from being glued to Pharaoh. Pharaoh scolds Abram and sends him packing back to Canaan. Shockingly, he sends him away with gifts, making Abraham much richer. Back in Canaan, God continues to bless Abram, so much so that the herds of Abram and Lot are so large they can no longer graze together. Abram suggests they split up and offers Lot first dibs on where he wants to go. Lot looks east at the fertile Jordan River Valley and chooses that. Abram stays put, continuing on the land, continuing on the west side toward the Mediterranean. When Lot departs, God says to Abraham, Look around. All this land's going to be yours someday. On top of that, your descendants will be innumerable. Let's stop for a minute. God's promised Abram three things. A special land that God identifies from Egypt to the Euphrates River, including Canaan. Lots of kids. And the stomper will come through him. In chapter 14, the story continues. Lot migrates from the country down to two cities that are really happening, Sodom and Gomorrah. Chapter 14 then tells us about some bad blood between the local towns around Sodom and Gomorrah. I should clarify one thing. As you read the text, you read a lot about kings. In Genesis, a better translation would have been mayors. In almost all cases, when it says king in Genesis, it's mayor, the leader of a city. Sodom and Gomorrah and two other local towns get into a fight with five other towns and their mayors. The side lot is on loses and all his stuff is taken. Abram hears about this and heads out to rescue him. Abraham takes with him 318 male servants. That tells you how wealthy Abraham is becoming. The quick story is, Abraham wins the battle against those mayors of the five towns who have Lot and all his stuff. At the end of chapter 14, on his way back home to return Lot to Sodom, Abraham passes a little town called Salem, and the mayor comes out to greet him. His name is Mayor Melchizedek. My students call him Mayor Mel. There's something weird about Mayor Mel. Remember, this is in the wicked land of Canaan. It says he was a priest of the Most High God as well as the king of this city. It also says he brought Abram bread and wine and blessed him. Let that soak in. Mayor Mel blessed Abram, the Shemite who God had picked to bring the stomper. When he is finished, Abraham gives him a tenth of all his plunder. A tenth, a tithe, given to Mayor Mel. I asked my students, who is Mayor Mel? The New Testament book of Hebrews talks about Mayor Mel. At the very least, he's a clue about the stomper. But possibly more than that, an angelic being or even an appearance of God himself. When we get to chapter 15, Abram has a proposal for God. He's now probably closer to 85 and his wife 75. God's plans to make him an exalted father 
quantitative or qualitative, aren't moving along very well. So Abraham has a proposal. He says to God, How about you officially adopt my favorite servant, Eliezer of Damascus, as my son? Notice the phrase, of Damascus. He's not a Shemite. I picture God very graciously declining. Come here, Abraham. I want to show you something. Step outside. When Abraham goes outside his tent, God says, take a look up there. Abraham sees a canopy of almost infinite stars. God says, that's how many descendants I'm going to give you from a child who comes from your own body. Like those stars, they won't be countable. Then we get to an extraordinary verse. Another circle it, double circle it, dog ear the page verse in scripture. Genesis 15, 6. And Abraham believed God, and God counted it to him for righteousness. Let me run that by you again. And Abraham believed God, and God counted it to him for righteousness. Believed. What did he do? And righteousness. What did God declare him? Two critical terms we need to understand, and we will understand them in our next word picture.